This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Drama, win or lose, we got drama. The football game, of course, on Saturday afternoon and the men's soccer game from last night. And we will load you up with some memorable moments along with some comments from both head coaches, Jeff Scott and Bob Butehorn, and why it was a big win for men's soccer and why, again, there's a lot to be encouraged about, a lot from that football game. I know for some people it's just bottom line, win or lose. You know, you lose to Cincinnati 28-24 with many heroic plays and players and performances and a shorthanded team going up against the top 25 team. You lose to them that way. It's the same as if you lost to them 52 nothing. That's all that matters, but I don't see it that way. I see it as hopefully a turnaround point in the season for the Bulls, and the next point in the season is homecoming on Saturday. It is homecoming weekend. We touched a little bit on homecoming at the end of the new Bulls Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly. Some other little nuggets that were released out of that episode, if you missed them, that we'll touch on here shortly. And we'll tell you what went down this weekend with volleyball, which will be back at home for the first time in forever, about a month this weekend. Unfortunately, 0-4 in the conference. Definitely had a chance to take down Tulane on Friday. Didn't have as much of a chance against a great Houston team on Sunday. Also, women's soccer was off, but we'll go ahead and tell you. They're in first place, but we'll sort of explain how. And remember that on Mondays, we give you a full 15-minute conference show around the American. We run it usually late afternoon and early evening. If you had to go usfbulls.com, at the very top of the page, you can see the Fans tab. Hit the option for Bulls Unlimited, and it takes you right to our weekly schedule. Let's get into the football game. Got to say it was... A tremendous broadcast, not taking credit for that, just saying how the guys around me performed and in Nippert Stadium. And Joey Johnston, certainly if you were listening back to the broadcast, took credit for how the entire thing started. Call George, what will it be? Tails. Tails is called. It is Tails, you won the toss. You received, which way would you like to kick? South Florida has won the toss and will receive to begin the game. Joey put that bug in Jeff Scott's ear more than once during the course of the week, and sure enough, the Bulls made it the right decision. Big play was a 15-yard run by Gary Bohannon on 2nd and 14. He also found Shoffrey Brown on 3rd and 8 for a huge connection. Bohannon, another 3rd down run, similar to the Florida Gator game, right? Where that's kind of the secret in some cases to 3rd downs, but 3 big plays by the quarterback, and then a big cut and run for the lead. Hand off Batty, and he's got a little room. Fights through tacklers. The 10, the 5, touchdown USF. Brian Batty, 22 yards, and the Bulls march the ball down the field against Cincinnati and take the lead in the first quarter. You've seen plenty of good drives by this team this year, but I, I'd have to acknowledge that one as the best. Now, I will give myself credit for one thing in our Get Crazy segment where at the end of the first hour of the pregame, which can be heard exclusively on USF Bulls Unlimited. The whole idea is to make some wild, out-there-sounding predictions that we all hope actually could happen, and we've been over the whole season. My prediction, which could be rendered as crazy because the Bulls' slow starts of late, especially getting down 41-7 to at halftime to East Carolina, the Bulls were going to score the first two scores of the game, and they did. Amaris Brown, an interception on Cincinnati's first play, 
and the Bulls weren't exactly on the doorstep when they took over, but they ended up getting three out of it. But then, if you were listening, the other part of my prediction was you can be up 10 nothing, but you can be down 31-10 to Cincinnati at half. That's how they operate. They're very strong at the end of halves. And sure enough, Cincinnati scored two quick touchdowns, and it was 14-10 just like that. And again, when I mentioned it earlier, this is the part of the game that you, again, I know they lost, and we'll hear from Coach Scott, but this is the part of the game where the Bulls were very impressive because this is the time of the game when teams like Indiana and others that have played Cincinnati this year get put away. And the Bulls did not get put away. They took back the lead, helped out by an incredible catch by Xavier Weaver, a little X-man for the drive booster and the drive ender here. Bohannon to throw. Throws it long, looking for Weaver in a crowd, and he makes the catch. A flag comes down. Weaver with a tremendous catch. Looked like he pulled it in with one arm. We'll see what the flag is, but I think that play is going to stand. A few things happen. First of all, Weaver beats the defender off the line, has a great lead, stacks him, which means he got in front of him. There is no foul for pass interference. Yeah, he got in front of that receiver and stacked him so the receiver could, I mean, the defender could only trail him at that point. But again, Weaver just kind of jumped in the air, made an acrobatic catch with his right hand. And the Bulls are going to have a tough third and goal here from nine yards out. 5.25 left in the half. K1 Powell checks in. Bohannon to throw. To the left side, back of the end zone, Xavier Weaver, caught, touchdown, Bulls take the lead. Jeff Scott, they got to keep him back because he's kind of just bleeding with excitement and almost met Weaver in the end zone to congratulate him, but that was just a heck of a throw by Bohannon. Accentuating some of these moments because, again, these are moments that you know weren't coming against a team that's one of the worst teams in the country, coming against one of the best teams in the country, and then the defense comes up with a stop on the other end. It was a third and two play, and Dwayne Boyles was making some blow-up plays, and the Bulls get it back. They actually went quickly out. Cincinnati had a chance at the end, and what was a really, really pivotal moment in the game that worked out to both teams' favor, really. It was a pass that, in my mind, was caught and then jarred loose by Will Jones and recovered by the Bulls. It was ruled on the field for that to be the case, but also for Jones to have been called for targeting. This was a nail-biting situation, and fortunately for the Bulls, Jones rightfully was not called for targeting, even though the play was also called an incomplete pass. I think the referees just decided to give both teams a little bit of a break there. So the Bulls led at halftime, and Cincinnati quickly took back the lead, 21-17 to start off the second half. They were having great success running the ball. Cincinnati's going to make plays. You have to realize this. Giving up plays to Cincinnati is something that everybody, including Arkansas in a 31-24 win, happens to do. Field position was big in this game. After the Bearcats took the lead, Brian Batte fields a kick in the corner, can't get it across the 20. That happened twice to the Bulls. They end up having to punt it away. But key sequence, again with the chance for Cincinnati with the lead and the ball, nothing doing. They did convert one first down, but great pass breakups. And these are plays that, again, you can hear not only in the full game replay, but on that show upon further review, which we run out for the first time on Monday late afternoon. Great defense by Christian Williams and Wayne Boyles. And the Bulls get it back, but they go three and out. So twice 
the defense comes up with a stop, including this second time when it sure looked like a stop wasn't in the offing as pivotal sequence. And I know the Bulls wasted a timeout, as it were, as it was third and four. Trey Tucker catches the ball, somehow kept it from hitting the ground by using the back of his leg. Bulls reviewed it, used up their second timeout in doing so. Seemed like it was just going to be a bad moment because the play was upheld and it's fourth and one. Not a bad moment because the next two plays were great moments. Cincinnati taking a lot of time here. Now they snap. It's a run. It's Montgomery, and they stopped him. They stopped him for no gain at the 12. Montgomery knocked down for no gain, and the Bulls will take over on downs. First down, South Florida. And all he could do was dive and try to put the ball out ahead of him, but he failed to do it. That was a great job by USF's defense. Still a four-point game. Bulls from the 12. Bohannon keeps it. Running near sideline, gets by the defense to the 50 into Cincinnati territory and finally pulled out of bounds at the 30-yard line of the Bearcats. A huge run for Bohannon, who's a little slow to get up, but he appears to be okay. Bulls do have to snap it here. Play clock and game clock are almost identical. Batty, the running back. Horn in motion, it's gonna be Bohannon, and he's gonna tough it out for the first down to the 16, a gain of six, first down Bulls. Wow, I think if there's ever been a question whether this guy wants it or not, that question no longer exists. He is an absolute warrior, and Mr. Bohannon is putting himself in position to win this game for this team. I'm telling you, Sam, including a segment in the first hour of the pregame when Joey Johnston's mic wasn't working, and he spoke for Joey, that was hilarious, uh, had probably his best broadcast. He was on it. He was explaining things that were going right and wrong, and he was providing the appropriate commentary there when the Bulls were doing things right. And the fun continued starting off the fourth quarter. Bulls on the near hash mark. They are driving toward the student section with the ball on the 16-yard line, first and 10. Batty is the running back. Carter comes in motion. Bohannon to throw. Got a man. Weaver. Touchdown. That's six for the Bulls. Xavier Weaver. The Bulls have taken the lead on the first play of the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's two for Xavier Weaver today. His first two on the season. Here's the thing, Xavier Weaver matched up on the outside cornerback, X position. He runs seven yards vertical, two yards in, slant route. You, you, you got to have inside help against Xavier Weaver, and this Bulls offense took advantage of uh, Cincinnati not having an inside safety and being in man coverage. Great job, Coach Trickett. It was, wasn't it? Well, then fourth downs would be the story. I wanted to highlight the stuff up until the fourth downs to remind some people that, you know, just want to point out one playing a game as though the Bulls had one chance to win the game and they just messed up. They did a lot right. The Bulls took the lead early in the fourth quarter and guess what? They got a stop on the next drive. Prater's first throw. Under pressure, he's sacked. Back near the 50-yard line. Jatari and Hansford with a huge loss on the play. That came out of nowhere. 
Oh, yes. Evan Prater in at quarterback. If you didn't see the play where Ben Bryant got hurt, it was a scramble, and he did the slide-down thing, and DJ Gordon would have definitely gotten popped for a late hit, unnecessary roughness, but he didn't hit him. However, Bryant seemed like his head hit the turf pretty hard, and so it was Prater in the game. And the Bulls, unfortunately, after getting the stop, couldn't take advantage. Now, again, a good punt by Cincinnati started the Bulls off at their 13. Remember, Brian Batiste fumbled on the first play, and it could have been Bearcats' ball at the 10-yard line. At least the Bulls got it, but they had to give it right back up. And with the short field starting right at midfield, it only took them two plays. It was a run to Charles McClellan. Unfortunately, you knew the runs were coming, and the Bulls just didn't have that one fitted well. It just took one cut by McClellan, who had a big day to give Cincinnati the lead, 28-24. Then, yep, it came down to fourth down. Third and two, K1 Powell with a massive effort gain. You'll hear about the Bulls' running back situation as far as the health of it or lack of health of it, but Powell moved the chains. And then, third and three, Jimmy Horn catches the ball, just came a yard shy. You knew the Bulls were going to go for it with about five minutes to go because they only had one timeout. So, Two fourth down plays that sealed it in the wrong direction if you're a USF fan. So the offense will stay on the field five minutes, 30 seconds and counting. They need a full yard, if not a little more than one. The ball's on the 25. They need to get it just inside the 24. Batty is the running back. They're going to throw to him, and he's not going to get there. Five-yard loss back to the 30. Cincinnati ball with 5-12 to go. Yeah, not really happy about that play call at all, Jim. I mean, he's already five yards in the backfield, and then he runs a bubble route, which puts him at seven yards in the backfield, and now he has to run four or seven yards against a defense who, you know, you've had your way against them today, but still, this is a talented defense. They're going to go for it. The Bulls will need a fourth down stop. They got one earlier. They're going to need another one here with 131 to go. Fourth and one from the 32 of the Bulls. Prater, the backup quarterback, awaits the snap. He's got it. Gives to McClellan, and he's got the first down inside the 25-yard line. And that may seal it for Cincinnati. And what a game, 28-24. You know what? If the Bulls had an extra timeout there at the end, I don't know if they would have gotten the ball back anyway. Cincinnati's just that good at executing. And let's all remember, if the Bulls make the perfect play call, Gary Bohannon, if you didn't hear, it was a run-pass option. I put out a lot of stuff on Twitter on Saturday after the game. Clearly, when you have your left tackle and your left guard pulling back onto the right side, it's not a straight throw to the left. Bohannon had the option to keep it. And looking back, it's easy for me to say, in the quiet of my office, it was a sold-out loud stadium that Bohannon, if he just pump fakes the pass, he might stroll in. But he had that option and took the pass. Actually, technically it was a run because it was a backwards pass. But even if the Bulls convert... They're still down four, and who knows if they score or not, but it would have been nice to find out, obviously. Here's head coach Jeff Scott afterwards. Coming in the game with 23 sacks, and uh, I don't believe we gave up a sack tonight. And uh, there was a lot of guys at different positions. I felt like overall Gary managed the game uh, really well and uh, made a lot of good decisions, ran for over 100 yards again, and um, you know, put us in a position 
uh, you know, where we had a chance there in the fourth quarter. Uh, defensively, uh, you know, just uh, up and down. And uh, ultimately, uh, just needed, you know, one or two uh, more stops than what we got tonight uh, to have a chance to finish it off. So, um, you know, it hurts. Uh, it's tough. And, uh, you know, I really haven't uh, been around anything like this before in my, my coaching career uh, with the amount of injuries and the amount of adversity and, and maybe uh, close losses and not being able to, to finish uh, against some, some great teams. But one thing I told our guys, if they haven't quit by now, they're not going to quit. And uh, look forward to, to getting back home next week and uh, being around our fans the first home game in five weeks. Wanted to include what he said at the beginning there about not allowing a sack to the nation's leader in sacks. And Ivan Pace, who was the nation's leader by four in TFLs, did not get one. Only had seven tackles. Guy that had 125 tackles last year. So the Bulls, with a dinged-up offensive line, did a great job. Oh, yeah, to the injuries. Brad Cecil got hurt during the game. Here's Coach Scott. It's difficult. Like I said, I really haven't been around a situation where we've had this many injuries, right? You'd love to have Dono and Brad Cecil and Jared and, you know, several of those guys. You know, we came with two scholarship backs. I came with Batie uh, and then K1 Powell, who really, you know, has played just a few plays in his whole career. And then we had, you know, Josiah Young and, and uh, Albritton. Well, those were the four that got to travel with us. And, um, you know, I felt like overall that, that group did a pretty good job. And, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward. I think that the combination of kind of getting through the, the storm of these difficult games uh, in the first six games and then uh, getting a lot of these guys back and getting uh, more healthy and all that and, and being maybe hopefully a smarter team, you know, I think that gives me a lot of optimism for uh, the opportunities we'll have here in the last six games. And usually I edit out long pauses in sound bites, but more about who gutted it out really got Coach Scott emotional. When you're not getting the, the final results uh, that you want, you know, you got to kind of look at all the other stuff too. And um, again, no, no one thing I saw today is the guys that they fall. You know, we talk about the injuries and the guys that couldn't play. Uh, I, I can name off about eight guys. I can na name off about eight guys that probably had enough of an injury that they could choose not to play if they wanted to, to, to wait till they could be 100%. And um, they went out there and fought. You know, think of a guy like Meech Harris. You know, he's, he's uh, you know, got a situation going on with his foot. And uh, he was kind of given that decision whether he wanted to, to wait another week and let it heal up. And, um, you know, he was cleared to play and he chose to go play. And there's several other guys that are out there, you know, playing through that. As far as volleyball went, 0-4 in the conference, best chance to win was Friday night. The overwhelming positive was the return from a torn ACL of Michaela Washington, who was hurt in the very first set of the opener last season. Got on the court, not only got on the court, led the Bulls in kills both matches. At Tulane Friday with 15, at Houston Sunday with 10. Unfortunately, Sunday, no other Bull was in double figures, and Houston's just great. They beat UCF, which was undefeated Friday night. Shot out to two 25-13 sets against the Bulls, who actually took the third but then lost the fourth, 25-12. The real chance to win came Friday night, and the Bulls, again, dropped the first two sets closer, won the third, and were up 16-9 in the fourth, but could not finish that off. Tulane gets them 27-25. They're back at home this weekend. In my opinion, two very winnable matches we'll talk about later on. 
in the week. Cross Country got into an event in Tallahassee on Friday morning. Interesting group of colleges. There were 30 in both the men's and the women's fields. You had, of course, FSU along with Miami and LSU, but you had some schools, junior colleges that I recognize and some that I don't, like Florida Gateway College and Southern Wesleyan. It was a packed course, and the Bulls women's team finished in ninth place, led by Sydney Granick, who ran 18 minutes and 26 seconds on the 5K. The men's team was 14th out of 30 teams. Ben Kales was the leader, 36th place. You can get the full results in the article on GoUSFBulls.com. Was hoping to give you some women's tennis results. They were playing in an event in Northwestern, but hey, if you can find them, let me know. I have no, Even on the Northwestern website, all they have is a photo gallery, but letting you know that they're in action. We'll have some official news on a new assistant coach for Christina Moros here soon enough. And women's golf, trying to build off that great showing from last week, is in Tulsa today, actually Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, as part of the 13-team Dale McNamara Invitational. So we'll have an update for you tomorrow on how they're doing. That's going to wrap up Bulls Beat on a Monday. I'm Derek Sharp.